How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, let's be honest. Staying at home is tough for all of us. But it's especially tough for our kids who are aspiring athletes. But I don't want to dwell on how hard this is on them. Rather, this morning, I want to take a more optimistic approach. That is, I'm, I'm getting a sense, maybe you are as well, that our next generation of athletes are beginning to show some positive signs that they're not going to let a pandemic get in the way of either their fun or their dreams. Now, let me explain. The local gym where I work out, it's been closed for several weeks now. So each day, to get some sort of a workout, I go for a long walk. Now, I happen to live in the, in the suburbs, and every day as I make my rounds, I see kids doing things in my neighborhood that I haven't seen in well over 20 to 25 years. I see kids riding bikes. I see them on skateboards. I see them shooting hoops by themselves in their driveway. Kids hitting a tennis ball against a wall or throwing a football with their dad in their yard. Or teenagers out for a run or they're jogging while carrying a lacrosse stick with a ball in the net. In short, I see kids staying in shape, working out on their own. Because deep down, they know this nightmare is going to end soon and that their world of competitive sports will pick up again. Mind you, I I see kids being smart not to be close together. There are no pickup basketball games or any touch football games. They're all keeping their distance. And they're all being smart not to run the risk of becoming infected. So... When I see this, when I see young kids practicing sports on their own, well, this actually makes me feel good, and it should make you feel good as well, because it reminds me of a long-ago time when youngsters were just left alone to be kids. No sports parents were around or involved. There were no leagues, no tryouts, no nothing. Just kids being kids, and having as much fun as they possibly can, and doing so without the added joy of playing impromptu games, which 
all brings me to my question for you this morning. When the virus epidemic finally goes away and our world finally returns to a somewhat normal state, do you think we'll just automatically return to sports-obsessed world of sports parenting? Or we as adults, will we have a chance to reflect on what we want for our kids? And that we'll have a whole new sort of reset button to push on kids' sports. I mean, what do you think? Is that really a possibility that this respite from competitive sports that, you know, we actually may be good for us in terms of for, for the adults and parents and saying, you know, maybe we're putting too much into our into our drive for our kids to become top athletes. So what I'm asking is, with will our crazed world of overzealous and driven sports parents just return to what it was before the virus? Or do you think we'll come back in a more evenly balanced approach? That youth sports still vitally important, but that we'll now understand better on how to keep our priorities in order. That moms and dads will take a much needed step back. So let's talk about this this morning. And I have other issues I want to discuss with you as well, of course. Our number, you know, is one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Is this just wishful thinking? Maybe, but I got to tell you, seeing the youngsters on their own without any parental involvement just pop up all over and are out running around, working out, gives me some hope that kids will come back to sports on their own. Basically because they just enjoy doing this. They enjoy the fun of going out and exercising, whatever the sport may be. Remember, when it comes to competitive youth sports in recent years, the concept of fun, well, unfortunately, that's been sort of minimized. And I I think that's, that's what our kids are discovering now. They begin to realize that, you know, this is... This is fun to go out and ride a bike. It's fun to, to go out and, and hit a, ball, a tennis ball against the wall. It's fun to, to go out and throw a tennis ball against the wall and pick up grounders. Things like that. It's just fun. There's nobody pushing us. There's nobody telling these kids that they have to do this in order to make a travel team. They're just doing it because they enjoy doing it to get outside, get some exercise, get some physical workout, and whatever. And that's how kids played sports back in the day. Nowadays, as I said before, you know, before the virus hit, we were in a situation where basically, you know, you didn't see kids out there on their own practicing much because they were possibly being, you know, shipped off to a, a travel team practice or a school practice or or a, a local, uh, you know, youth league program. It, it's it's almost as though the kids didn't really want to do anything unless mom and dad got them into the minivan and drove them off to a practice situation. But now kids are going out on their own. And they're doing these things on their own. one 337 Am I being too optimistic that we might see a, I don't know, a uh, rejuvenation of terms of the priorities and the, and, the, and the balancing of what happens when it comes to, to our sports? Maybe so. The other thing I want to talk to you about as well, as you look upon the, the long-range landscape, with everybody basically having to cut back with their economics and their finances and so on and so forth, when we get past the, uh, the epidemic, what happens when, we, when the kids do go back to playing sports? And let's assume this happens sometime this summer. 
I mean, do travel teams, do they still exist? Are parents going to have the wherewithal to come up with the dough to, to pay for the kids to be on travel programs or, you know, in the summer leagues? Uh, what about when they go back to school in the fall? Are school districts, are they going to have problems in terms of trying to pay the bills uh, for their kids? Now, these are things that we'd like, we don't want to think about because we're so eager to get back to the, to the everyday uh, situation of, of having kids play sports. But unfortunately, economics are still a part of this, and, and I'm concerned about that as well. I, I just I wonder about what do you think about that? Is that something that might be a concern as well? And, and if you run a travel program in the summertime, tell me about that. What do you think is going to happen with the kids coming back to play travel? Or is this whole summer, is this whole spring and summer, are you basically thinking that's going to be a wash because the kids are not going to come back, either because there's concerns about their health or because there are concerns about, um, you know, just uh, the economics. These are real issues. So, all right, let's, let's start with your calls at 1-877-337-6666. Let's go over to, uh, to Peter in Bergenfield. Hey, Peter, good morning. You're on the fan. Morning, Rick. How are you doing? Good. How are you? All right, yeah. In regards to travel sports, I know baseball and sophomore, you know, you got the, all these major tournaments, whether they're in Cooperstown, you know, whatever is going on. Yep. They got the deal now with the insurance liability as, okay, you have a couple hundred kids, 5,000 kids, whatever the case may be, all gathered together. You know, if someone gets sick because of that, who's going to be liable for that? Uh, so <laughs> that, that's, that's the biggest thing that they have. Plus parents after their either laid off or reduced hours, isn't that? Who's going to have the money to go travel? Peter, I, I don't see it. I, 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 had to, I hate to set a, you know get into this in, the, in a sort of a doom and gloom situation, but you're absolutely right. There will be insurance concerns uh, of, of kids you know, go to these tournaments like in Cooperstown or other places, and there are concerns about the you know kids getting infected. There are going to be, as you said, I don't, I don't think any, I could be surprised or wrong about this, but it would seem to me the vast majority of most American households are being severely affected by cutbacks economically uh, with income and so on and so forth. And if travel teams are, in fact, part of one's discretionary income to be spent, it's going to be hard to find extra dough to do this. We may look in a situation where the entire travel industry this summer uh, is just wiped off the board because nobody has enough money to do this. You know, that, that is, that's what we're talking about. It's a real concern. And maybe, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world because, as I said, well, maybe we'll see more and more kids go out on their own with their, at, at the point where they're cleared to, to practice with their friends and go out and just play pickup games like they used to, you know, back 20, 25 years ago. You know, Peter, that, that, that may, may happen. That, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing more kids, you know, next-door neighbors are tossing the ball back and forth. And it's good to see. And maybe, you know, it, it, with the uh, rack sports, I think it's going to be a resurgence. I, I think it's going to finally, you know, everybody's going to realize, you know what? Rick, you know, travel really wasn't wasn't as big a deal as it used to be. And I, I, I hope it comes back to rec. But I know rec sports, they're getting hammered with this. I mean, they spend money. They're not getting anything back. And, you know, they're, they're in a pickle, too, well, as well. They'll have to, so. obviously, we're all, you know, we're in uncharted territory, Peter, and, and thank you for your, your very smart call this morning. You know, the question is how this is all going to resolve itself, but I do think that on the horizon, uh, you're thinking if you're looking to pay your bills every month and uh, you've always looked forward to having your son or daughter play in a travel team in the summertime or go to a camp or something, you got to be thinking, A, is that even safe, and B, 
that's a lot of money that right now we haven't got. So maybe this year we'll skip the travel program and let the kids just uh, basically go out, as Peter said, go out and play with their friends in the yards or in the sandlots, whatever. And, and uh, that might be the way we sort of reintroduce the idea of fun into our kids' games and get them away from all the, the stress and the, the rest of having to play competitive tra- travel team sports. Let's move on. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to David up in Western Connecticut. Hey, David, good morning. You're on the fan. David Willusia? Okay, let's go over to our friend Ed Ward and Elizabeth. Hey, Ed, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I, I Like you said, I'm seeing more and more uh, kids uh, going out playing, and, uh, playing ball, riding their bikes. Even yesterday, down my block, I seen uh, go-kart races going on. You know, the, <laughs> go-kart the go-kart. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like saying to myself, that's all we need is the, the cops and Elizabeth to come by to, to take care of this situation and all that. So I guess everyone's trying to find a way of uh, keeping busy and all that stuff. But you're getting back now talking about the travel situation. Yeah. You know, I run a I run a college showcase team camp come up, and I've already had teams come up to me and ask, could we delay our payments and all that stuff because they're, they're not generating any any of the income, or, you know, no, whether no. they they run a run an indoor facility or parents don't have the money. And I got to work with them, especially if they still want to get their kids hopefully notarized by college programs, if if I'm able to to run them because of uh, the COVID nineteen virus, you know. Ed, I mean, you're in the middle of this, and and I think it's it's uh, exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you got to be sitting there wondering and hoping and praying that this gets uh, goes away soon, so that economically, uh, you know, the, the kids who obviously are eager to show their stuff and showcases and 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 camps and stuff to college coaches, if 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 you're if these things aren't happening, then the kids are sort of stuck. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I've even gotten you know emails from from the college coaches work on my events the status and you know I got I said we're on until I tell you otherwise you know on that so you know there's a lot of lot of things I got to worry about you know where I have my events will they let me will they let me use the fields you know the insurance you know I, I mean I already got the insurance but well will I have to change the insurance policy and all that stuff so there's a lot of things you got to think about now down the road with this situation well let's detect i'm just curious because let's say uh obviously nobody knows when this is going to be we'll get the uh the green light to go back to our normal lives but let's assume that that happens like in i don't know july or august and you say okay i'm gonna start doing uh my my, my showcases again uh, i mean just getting fields might be difficult because everybody w- will want the same sort of time it's the same kind of situation they want to go out and have fields available to 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 rent it's going to be tight Absolutely on that, but you know, fortunately, I've already had the fields rented. The, the dates are, you know, secure. Okay, it's just a matter of if I have to go to a Plan V event, which I'm probably going to try to start working on this week while I'm while we're all home. You know, I got I got some ideas, but I got to try to contact people, see what I can do. Yeah, I mean, this is Ed. Thank you as always for your for your call. Very good points. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You know, and we're talking about the issues that are going to basically sort of roll out particularly when it comes to kids uh, and parents and travel programs and showcases. Uh, there's going to be the real concern is not just uh, in terms of, um, you know, what time that when, when we'll get the green light to go back to do this, but also the economics. A lot of parents are looking like, geez, this is going to be really tight to pay for. 
And uh, you're hearing the concerns, everything from uh, field availability to insurance concerns and what have you. It's going to be brutal. Uh, later on the show, we'll talk about the impact of, of the NCAA now saying that kids in college will get those kids who play spring sports who lost their, their opportunity this past uh, spring, they're going to basically have a chance to get another year of eligibility. How that's going to have a, sort of a cascading effect all the way down to kids who are seniors who are looking to go to colleges to play sports uh, next year. It's a complicated issue for a lot of reasons. And, and as I said, the, to me, to me it, it would be a win-win if all of a sudden, okay, the kids are left to their own devices come July and August, and uh, they're not playing necessarily on travel teams, or maybe they're just doing their own, what we used to do, go back uh, in the day and just have pickup games, and whether it's touch football or pickup basketball games, whatever it might be, just to stay in shape and to sort of connect with their friends and find that they actually enjoy playing sports without the oversight or intervention, or if you want, meddling of parents telling them what to do. I mean, that's how we played sports. It worked pretty well for our generation, my generation. And uh, I just always concern myself these days with just how many of our kids today actually play sports because they're fun and enjoyable or because they feel it's just an obligation to please mom and dad. And let's be honest, that's a big part of it these days. All right, let me, let me take a time out. When I return, we'll continue to talk about this topic. I have some other issues I want to discuss with you as well, of course. one 337 6666 Big Wolf Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66 WFAN Hey, uh, we're talking this morning about uh, what will be the the long-range impact on the uh, the epidemic when it comes to kids and sports, and we've talked so far about whether or not we'll see a real decline uh, just economically with, with uh, travel teams and showcases this summer, because quite frankly, I would think pretty much every family in America has been hit financially uh, when it comes to uh, having discretionary income. And as much as we want uh, to have our kids go out and play camps, travel, travel teams, whatever showcases, that's going to be a real concern, I think, this summer, because these things cost a lot of money. And right now, everybody is hurting financially. And of course, obviously, trying to make sure that they maintain the health and welfare for their families. Uh, 1-877-337-6666. But before I get back to the calls, um, I do want to mention uh, last week we talked about uh, the issue about uh, pay for play. And I mentioned that there was a, a high school, a parochial high school, St. John's Prep in Washington, D.C., uh, where if your son wants to play baseball there at that school, it's a, it's a terrific uh, high school baseball program, but he has to pay an extra $2,400 in order to be in the coach's summer and fall travel team. And if you don't pay the money, well, quite frankly, your son loses his spot on the baseball team. That's, it's, again, it's to me the ultimate in pay for play. But there was a point made last week on the show that if you do not pay the $2,400, you will also be dismissed from the school. That apparently is not true. And to be clear, you can remain enrolled at St. John's Prep as a student, but if you don't pay the extra $2,400, you will not be on the baseball team. And I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, still, it's the most unique approach to pay for play. Uh, at least the school, the St. John's Prep in D.C., at least the school and their baseball coach are upfront about what you need to do 
if you want to be on the baseball team at that high school. Again, it's, it's sort of, to me, the, the coming together of travel programs with high school programs, and this may be the way of the world, way of the future. But again, I just want to make sure it was clear that if you don't pay the money, you can still go to school there. You just can't be in the baseball team. So you are, you're basically, that's, that's, that's the stipulation, simple as that. Okay, let's get back to our situation this morning, talking about not only the, the, the kids going out on their own and practicing and running around and staying in shape and, you know, doing what kids do when they're 10 or 12 or 15 years old, whatever, uh, looking about, you know, what does this mean? Let's be a, sort of a brave new world. Maybe we'll return to the so-called good old days. And I'm taking your calls about that. Let's, let's, uh, let's try up uh, Dave again up in Western Connecticut. Dave, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, Rick, can you hear me now? I sure can. Great. Thanks. I had to switch phones. Uh, so two points I wanted to make uh, on this issue. Uh-huh. Uh, when my wife and I were out hiking yesterday, we realized that what is not happening now for parents is we're not driving our kids all over the place every weekend. <laughs> and that was such a, 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 we didn't even realize it until we were sitting there and we said, what are we not doing anymore? <laughs> right? And so I think for parents, they might look back and say, wait a minute, it was so much more pleasurable to have a weekend to ourselves versus being in the car and waiting at swim meets and soccer matches and all of that. So right. that might be something that parents identify with and, and want to keep up with. Um, the other thing, Rick, I wanted to call out is for all of, the, is all of the high school and college coaches who are posting these virtual workouts for their players. Yep. Um, and I know my son and a, a number of his friends, you know, they are, are, some of them, not all of them, are following these things pretty diligently. And good for the coaches for doing it and good for the kids who are out on the basketball court or, or, or wherever they are working on their games. And, you know, it's, that's, it's still a team effort, right? You're still, it's a still a team sport. But, you know, people are finding creative ways to kind of take advantage of this while keeping up their skills and also, you know, still learning to love the sport and have fun. So these are, these are two excellent points. And I think, uh, again, it's, it's, uh, it's superb. You mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, the parents are saying, well, this is a Saturday or Sunday, or, I mean, I'll be too busy chauffeuring my kid around to just say swim practice or to, to soccer or basketball, whatever. And all of a sudden there's free time and, and the parents, may feel even a little guilty about it, but the fact is it, it feels kind of good to go out and be an adult again and not be sort of uh, locked into your kid's travel or, or, or sports schedule. It, it's, it's, a, it's a sort of a guilty pleasure, so to speak, but it's, that's the way it used to be, you know, many years ago before, you know, we had travel programs and kids are allowed to do what they wanted to do when it came to playing sports on their own. Um, and, I, I you know, it, it's, it's something that might be, as I say, sort of a unexpected uh, side benefit from this situation. Um, and in terms of the kids uh, and the coaches sending out uh, programs, videos to stay in shape, that's great. I just wonder, you know, it's amazing to me, what, what would have been happened with this epidemic if, if we didn't have the internet? I mean, I think people would really be like, golly, I mean, you just, you're looking for things to do, things to, 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 to fill your days. And thank goodness we do have the internet because certainly it's a very, very, important beneficiary to, to kids and parents who are getting instructions from their coaches. It's as simple as that. Dave, thank you for the points. Uh, let me move on to, uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to Lou over in Lindbergh. Hey Lou, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey Rick, everybody loves you. You are the voice of reason. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, Rick, I've been coaching college soccer for over 30 years, and uh, college sports will never be the same. Because now, what I'm going to have to do, hopefully in August, I'm going to have to take the players' temperature at every practice because of this coronavirus. Yep. Because I have to I have to worry if it inflicts anyone else. This is going to be this is going to be very difficult. But uh, coaching not only college soccer but also uh, boys lacrosse. I, I'm involved with over 70 kids. I am responsible for all these kids, and this is going to be so difficult to to monitor uh, the health. Because what's going on here is that the parents, uh, the parents are like carriers. The kid, the little kids are carriers onto this virus. I don't see this going away very soon, unfortunately. And then, uh, hopefully, hopefully, and I thought that in the beginning everybody should have been wearing those masks right from the start. Yep. And then we could put, it, you know, we could curtail this coronavirus. But it's so important now that all the kids stay separated and not. Uh, mix, mix this virus with other kids. Well, it's, it's very important. We got to get a handle on this. I, Lou, uh, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely correct that I uh, this is going to have a major, long range impact on on coaches and teams. Um, you know, the coaches are going to have to be trained uh, to take temperatures of kids uh, pretty much every day. Uh, to make sure nobody comes into a, a practice situation, the kid is infected. Uh, hopefully, by we get back to competitive sports, they will know more about how the virus spreads and how to stop it. And maybe there'll be a vaccine. Uh, there's always, you know, concern that it may come back again uh, next year, uh, just because uh, we don't know, you know, who spreads it and how it's really, you know, who's a carrier and who's not. It's difficult to figure this out. But I do think that uh, as we move ahead. There'll be a lot of precautions taken uh, because, you know, parents are going to be concerned. And how, what, what is our school? What is, our, what is the coach doing? What is the, the college doing to prevent these kind of situations from happening again? And it's, it's yeah, yeah, we don't know yet. We just don't. We're just trying to get past what we're doing, you know, day by day tonight, of course. The question is what happens down the road. It, it is scary stuff, to be sure. Lou, uh, thank you as always for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, and stay safe. Let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, to Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Hey, Coach, uh, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, Rick. How are you? I'm well, uh, thank you. You know, it, it's, it's a weird thing because there's so many good things that can come from this virus. I mean, all the, all the illnesses and, 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 and deaths is, is, is devastating. But, you know, I look at it as sitting back and actually reflecting on a lot of the things that I did wrong as a parent. I mean, I've talked to, to a, a very good friend, my best friend, Paul Solomon. Every week we talk about your issues. I talk to Dr. Rob about it. I mean, Rob and I are texting as you're doing your show. We're so into the show. And what you bring is so much different than, than every other show on the radio. And, you know, you, you've heard me say this before, but... You know, I personally think, as as Rob does, and and even Paul Solomon, my best friend, you know, we talked about what's going to happen. Personally, this is a great time for us to get back to old school. Uh, I, I think a lot of the club teams are going to diminish. I think the better club teams will probably lower their prices, try to make it affordable. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it, I think high school sports 
you know, once we get back, the schools are going to have the money. They're always going to have the money for athletics. They, they might, you know, have to get rid of a sport that's not doing well or not a great, you know, participation level. But I, I personally think high school sports are going to thrive when we first come back. You know, one of the things that you put on your on your um, website yesterday on your on your Twitter account is, you know, what's going to happen to the parents? I mean, this is a perfect time, a perfect time, parents, to sit and reflect what you've done as as a parent to your children, uh, you know, as athletes. Um, sit back and, and look at the things that you've done right. Look at the things that you've done wrong. Try to correct it. Are you going to be that crazy parent in the stands putting pressure on your kid? You know, watch them go out and play in the backyard and watch the funnies have – watch the watch watch their faces when they – throw that ball up against the wall or hit the tennis ball or kick the soccer ball. There's no pressure. There's no parents on your case every second trying to do something because you're a scholarship player in the future. Be realistic. And I want to say something else. I read your new revised book, and believe it or not, I don't know how, but it's better than the first book that I read, <laughs> the one from 20 years ago. Oh, that's and Jack, you know that's... you know the reason for that. So, <laughs> but parents, do yourself a favor, get this book, read the freaking book. But you know, Rick, this is tough times, and like you said, I'm sitting here in a parking lot right now because I always get away from everything on you during your shows. I get in the car, I go drive. I just, you know, I don't want to be home with the dog barking and, and Sue yelling at me and everything else. So, And I'm watching a father and a son out on the field right now. Yep. He's teaching his son how to play golf. Yeah. He's just hitting a golf ball into the air, you know, and the kid's having a ball. And this is what it's all about. People, do yourself a favor. Use these times to reflect. You know, Rob said it best. You know, he he agrees with me 100%. You know, one of the things that Paul Solomon said was that he thinks things are going to get back to semi-normal with the parents. You know, they might be a little bit easier in the stands and not putting pressure and, you know, getting to see their kids. But sooner or later, it's going to wear off and people are going to go back. I disagree. I disagree because I think parents will sit and reflect and see how much fun their kids are having now. You know, Rick, your show is 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 it. It's it right now. And you know, all these well, other radio shows, they're you know, they're not necessary. It should just put you on twenty four hours a day. <laughs> but well, uh, you, know, so, you know the way I think about yeah, it. Rick. Yeah, I, you know the way I think about it. Jack, th thank you for those uh, wonderful, kind endorsements. I mean, but yeah, I mean, the fact is. We, we do, of course, try to do a little different slant when it comes to sports and sports parenting. Uh, anybody who uh, uh, listens to the fan, obviously they are sports fans. We know that. We all listen to the fan because uh, we love sports. But at some point in your career, chances are you were a kid and you tried to you know, listen to or try to play sports yourself. Or if you're a dad or mom now and your kid shows interest in playing athletics, you want to do the best for them. But we are in a rare uncharted territory when it comes to our kids and sports now and and as we've said on the show this morning uh yeah i mean this is the time if you're a mom or dad to reflect uh as dave from weston pointed out you know it was refreshing for him and his wife to go for a hike and not have to think well we should be you know tr uh, chauffeuring our kid to a practice somewhere um 
the fact that Jack Smith had mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, he's out in a parking lot and he sees in a, in a park where a dad's teaching his kid how to play golf. These are the things, the fundamentals that we'd like to think that we get back with our kids in sports and allowing our children to embrace and play sports because they are fun and enjoyable and they see it as some sort of like little, you know, personal uh, task or challenge to master some skills. But this is the time to do it, and thank goodness this is this. We're in the middle of uh, April now, so the weather is getting a little better, and that kids and parents can go out and do these things. I mean, I I just think this is this is if you can find a silver lining, this is it. Uh, and and I um, yeah, maybe maybe it will give parents a chance to pause and reflect and say, well, you know, maybe uh. Maybe we can't afford to have our kids go play uh, travel ball this summer, or we're, we're concerned about the the medical clearances and and, and uh, is it safe to do that? So maybe if they go back to school in the fall and and you know well instead of playing travel, just play in the high school team. And uh, as Jack Smithland said, that might be the way that high school sports get repopulated again. Uh, that's something to think about. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a lot of different things are at play here. We know that it's again, it's something. It's a, a it's a brave new world, but it's something that as parents we really have to think about. What do we want the impact this to be on ourselves and on our kids? And I think this is the time to really give it some thought. Um, I would like to think these kids are going out and working out on their own uh, because they just enjoy playing sports as we did a generation ago, as opposed to being said, well, you have to do this because otherwise you're going to lose a step or you're going to fall behind the, your competitors. That's not a way to teach kids how to play sports, uh, basically trying to sort of threaten them. Let the kids go out and learn the, their sports on their own. And don't be surprised if you see them having a good time. They, they might enjoy this, and they can't wait to go back again tomorrow and, and work on their skills again. Because in the end, that's how it's done. It's as simple as that. Okay, we're going to continue our conversation about this issue, about what's the long-term impact, uh, not just uh, parents and parental expectations on their kids, but also the economic concerns as well. one 337 6666 And back here on the Sports Edge, uh, don't forget that at uh, 9 this morning, Mike Francesa will be here. And, of course, you want to check in to what Mike has to say about what's happening in our ever-changing uh, world of sports. Uh, and, of course, I want to remind you, you can always find me at, uh, at my website at askcoachwolf.com. You can ask questions. You can post your thoughts as well. Again, askcoachwolf.com. Uh, before I get back to your calls, I have to take a moment to acknowledge uh, the the wonderful careers of Harris Allen and John Minko here on The Fan. Harris, of course, he of the great vocal pipes, so beloved by the late-night listeners, one of the all-time greats as an update reporter and before that as a DJ on WNEW. And as for John Minko, well, over the years, John has always been a huge fan of sports parenting issues and concerns, Whenever I would come into the WFAN bullpen and John was preparing his updates, he would always ask me about the latest controversies with out-of-control parents or school districts and their lax rules on coaches and so on. You should know that for many years, John coached girls softball in his hometown, 
which he enjoyed greatly and produced some terrific teams. I'm thinking maybe he'll go back to doing that again because he was really just a great coach. And if John didn't see me for a few weeks at the fan, he would always leave me news stories in my mailbox. He wanted to make sure I had seen the latest developments in the world of sports parenting. So in short, yes, we all know that, that John Minko is the source authority when it comes to the art of sports updates, but, but deep down, he's a diehard sports parenting fan as well. And I just really wanted to take a moment to publicly thank him and to salute him for all of his great contributions to the Sports Edge. And Mink, if you're ever so inclined to share your thoughts on these matters, you know where to reach us, one 877 337 I assume also you saw uh, the NCAA is going to grant an extra year of eligibility to college athletes who were deprived of this year's spring season. No one really knows how this is going to play out. Uh, but as every kid who is going to have to figure out for him or herself how this would work in their own particular life, especially when it comes to kids who do not receive uh, athletic scholarships to play baseball or softball or lacrosse, whatever sport they play in the spring, it would just mean having to pay for another year of college or enrolling in grad school. That's expensive just to play another year of their sport. So it will also have an impact on the kids who are graduating from high school this spring, because it's going to mean that the college program where they are expected to to play will now most likely have a, a surplus of numbers of returning kids, kids who are older and more experienced than they are. That That's an interesting situation. Again, nobody has any answers yet on that, but at least we're, we're heading in that direction. Let's uh, let's get back to our calls. Let's go to uh, let's go to Ron in Connecticut. Good morning, Ron. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you doing, Rick? Listen, Good, Ron. Uh, quick question. What happens when all the uh, colleges uh, open up in the fall, right? And uh, you get 40,000 kids on those campuses. What are all those college uh, students going to do? Going to stay six, uh, six uh, feet apart in the classrooms? And then what happens, if, what happens if one of them gets the virus and they close down the school again? What's the NCAA going to do about that? What about all the kids that get sick and then they get sick and it affects their grades because they can't go to class? Ron, yeah, these, are, these, these are all good questions, uh, and, and uh, yeah, thank you for chiming in this morning. Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. Obviously, uh, it, it's, it's a great expectation, and the hope is that schools, colleges will go back to being normal in, in September, uh, and we'll resume with, with uh, college sports. We just don't know, and it's your point, Ron. You know, it, it's, it's going to be difficult to try to cope with this if the, the, if the virus is still lingering in substantial numbers. We may be in a situation where colleges say, you know what, we just can't take that chance. We can't have kids come back to the dorm. We'll just continue with online or distance uh, learning. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at. Nobody wants that to happen, obviously, but that is something off. That's a concern. I don't have any answers. I don't think anybody has any answers at this point, but it's something that we are worried about. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, to Tom in the Bronx. Tom, you're up next on the fan. Rick, I'm just thinking about the days with recruiting now, with the decline in the in these showcases. I guess things would just go back to they'll do more work with the high school coaches. Probably. I, what do you think, I, Tom? I think that's that could be exactly what happens uh, if there are no showcases uh, and and the college coaches are still looking to find top student athletes. They will now go back to uh, how it was done in the old days, uh, where they talked to college or high school coaches and, and asked for, for more tape and more video and so on and so forth, because 
you know, the showcases might be really decimated. Uh, yeah, I think that's a real that's a real possibility, Tom. What what do you think? Uh, that's what I'm leaning towards because the kids are going to get seen someplace. So that I think high school sports will become more important. Yeah, I, I another, think. And an, Go ahead. Another thing I think about Rick is they're talking so much about these big time football programs and everything. Who's financing the Division Three programs? But they don't have the big gates and the big crowds. You know, these are so many things that are getting thrown around now. Where where is money going and everything? And you know, when we go back and forth to travel teams and big time sports, it's all a money making process. So I think this is a real shot in the arm for high school sports to to play a role more so and more so with the future and the development of their student athletes. Tom, let's go let's go down this road a bit. I mean, certainly, uh, again, right now at the amateur youth level travel teams uh the money flow doesn't come from tv contracts it comes or from advertisers it comes from mom and dad's pocketbook so if all of a sudden mom and dad are being hit hard by the uh the corona virus uh because their 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 jobs are are drying up or or they're being cut back with their income suddenly one of the hits is going to be with uh with money for travel programs and that means that, well, travel teams, uh, as somebody said earlier in the show, we're going to see a lot of travel teams just dry up and go away or postpone for a couple of years. Maybe the stronger club teams may survive, but again, they'll probably lower their prices. Um, but again, it's going to be a situation where parents basically control the, uh, the finances here. And if they can't, they can't come up with the money, then, then their kids go back and c- concentrate on their high school sports. So as you said, I do think that the... Um, the high schools have a chance here to you know, benefit by having kids who normally would opt to play on a travel team are now going back and play on, on their high school team. Tom, it's, it's an it's a interesting thesis, and uh, I think it makes uh, a lot of sense. Thank, thank you for the call. Let's go to, uh, to Trevor out in Illinois. Trevor, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning. I thought I'd give you a little perspective maybe on some family and player, just a little tentative fears We've got, I've got a sophomore in high school play softball. They've got a couple big tournaments coming up, the Sparkler in Denver, Colorado, and the big PGF in Long Beach, California this year, yep. beginning of July, end of July. I'm telling you, in speaking with some families and players and my daughter, they don't really want to go stay in hotels, yeah. they don't want, even, <laughs> even in July from yeah. now. And, and hopefully, you know, I, I don't think these states or cities are going to want to have 200 teams flying in from all over the country staying in hotels, going to fields, sharing breakfast in the morning at the hotels, whatever it is, and then flying back to their states. You're talking teams come from all over the country for these two tournaments. There, there's a lot of fear. I kind of wish these big organizations like this would kind of set a date that says, look, we're going to make a decision by the 15th of April. We are either going to shut it down and move on to next year or not. And Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're just going to sit there and wait and wait and wait and get into June and families are being laid off or even taking a pay cut. I know that's happening, too, along with layoffs. It's a lot of money invested. I wish they would just set a date and say, hey, if the Democratic Convention can postpone, I think we as a softball community can postpone, too. Trevor, these are you're talking about the the fears that parents have uh and their real fears um i mean i i i hear you loud and clear and i'm thinking okay if if i was going if i had a kid who was 16 or 17 and they wanted to go to a major showcase or tournament with uh, hundreds of other competitors and other families from around the country staying at a hotel uh, having uh, team meetings team breakfasts and dinners i'm thinking 
God, isn't that just what we're trying to avoid right now? I mean, wh- why would why would all of a sudden, in a few months, that would all go away and, and we'll be safe and sound? So I, I'd be very nervous about that if I were a mom or dad. And, and honestly, like even the other day, I heard, uh, you know, uh, Commissioner Manfred with Major League Baseball is saying, well, maybe we can find a few a few cities or locales where, where you know, Major League Baseball teams could play uh, maybe in front of nobody uh, in the stands, but at least we could televise the games. But I'm thinking, okay, if I'm a Major League player, do I want to be in a clubhouse with other guys? And I don't know if they're all right. from around, you know, the world. And, I mean, that, that strikes me as curious as well. Like, is that safe? Um, I think the, the Players Association might say, gee, I'm not sure that makes sense either. Again, we're not talking about 10 years from now. We're talking about a few months from now. Trevor, I, I think there's a real concerns, and I don't know. I just don't know if parents are going to take that risk. I mean, they might say, well, you know, uh, I saved the money up and I have the money. That's not a concern. But what about the health and welfare of your child? I mean, that, these are real problems. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Thanks for the time. Great, great show every week. I appreciate it. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go to um, let's go to John over in Brooklyn. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, two quick points. Um, one, you said about hitting the reset button. I certainly hope that this opens the parents' eyes and say, you know what, let's scale back a little bit and put the priorities in order, family, school, and then, you know, my son doesn't have to be out there. My daughter doesn't have to be out there seven days a week practicing, practicing. Right. You know, scale back a little bit. Go back to the old school ways. And the last thing, just on the travel you know, years ago when I played, you had to earn the right to travel. Now, you just pay a fee and you can go anywhere in the country. Well, maybe we should go back to doing it the old way. Earn it, and then maybe you go, if it's safe now, because this is a whole different ballgame. You know, John, I, I think we're going to see a lot of changes take place in the next few months. And I think, as I said, I think it's going to be driven primarily by economics and by the fears of parents. Uh, and I think, I think for the most part, we're going to looking at a situation. And, and thanks, as always, for the call, John. I appreciate it. I, I think uh, parents are going to sit down and say, before I cut this check for a lot of money to have my kid go to a showcase or to a travel tournament, whatever, say, is this safe? How do I know it's safe? How do I know who, who's in charge? Who, who's taking care of, of making sure that my kid is tested every day or, or his teammates or his, her teammates are tested? I think we're going to see a real uh, diminution of all travel and showcase programs this summer, and I think college coaches will have to go back, as we said before, and start looking at um, – uh, you know, uh, high school, making re- contact with high school coaches or JUCO coaches to get uh, first-hand analyses of players, look at a lot more videotape as opposed to seeing kids uh, in, in, in person. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, George in, uh, in Middletown this morning. George, you're next up on the fan. All righty. How are you? Good, George. How are you? Yeah, I have a couple uh, things I want to bring up. One is that uh, we're doing the social isolation, and that's good. And people are talking time frames later this year and so on, where things can resume possibly and, and that happening. I think what we've got to consider here is that in order for things to be normal, social isolation is going to work and, and to a certain extent. But what we need is a vaccine, Yep. and we need an antidote for the people that are sick. Yep. So if we get the antidote to help the people that are sick to get well, and a vaccine to prevent those people who aren't sick to get well, I think then we're going to be able to talk travel, we're going to be talking mass gatherings. 
we've got to remember that this started in China, thousands of miles away, yeah. with one or two people. All you have to do is have one or two people that are sick, and there's no vaccine or no antidote. And with aircraft and travel and everything else and interrelationships, it's going to occur all over again. And now we're, <clears throat> we're also not looking at the global implications of this. Uh, we, we talk United States numbers, but the globally, it, it's going to be a, a worse problem because now we're talking about Africa and those countries where George, people don't even have medicines. And, and uh, George, everything you say and the way this sort of spins out of uh, the momentum and out of control, yeah, and, and uh, I agree with you. Uh, and th- thanks for chiming in this morning. The problem is, yes, they've said, most of the medical experts have said that a vaccine is at least a year away. That's a long time from now. Uh, antidotes, they're trying the best they can, but again, that's going to take a lot of time. Uh, and to your point also about other countries where have not been, uh, the numbers aren't particularly high. Yeah, well, all of a sudden, if, if, if uh, particularly at the pro level, if teams are traveling around the world, you're going to be exposing yourself to, to other situations, other countries where, where perhaps the, 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 the facilities in terms of medical testing is a lot less uh, lax. I mean, it's a lot lax, a lot more lax than it is here. And this is complicated stuff, and it's not going to go away uh, all of a sudden one day, boom, we're done, everybody's healthy again in the next few months. It's going to have a tremendous impact, as I said, on kids playing sports uh, this summer. Uh, before I forget, speaking of the impact it has on all families, I mean, uh, my family is not immune either. I- I'm uh, my son-in-law. Noah Savage, uh, who does uh, college basketball uh, color commentary on ESPN. Um, He he was diagnosed with the coronavirus uh, a little more than three weeks ago. Um, and I'm happy to report that Noah is recovered. He's, he's healthy, uh, and he's been, he was quarantined with uh, his wife, Alyssa, my daughter, uh, for a few weeks. Uh, Alyssa did not get sick, thank goodness. Uh, Alyssa, as you know, she's the comedian, and um, I guess she's been entertaining Noah by telling him jokes for the last few weeks. But I'm glad to report that uh, they're doing fine. But again, this attacks everybody. Noah is you know, a young guy in good health in his early 30s. Uh, as I said, does a lot of uh, college basketball and ESPN and other places. Uh, but yeah, he he was he was affected by this as well. We're just so grateful that he is doing well. You know, I, I again, I think all the points made today, and I'm glad to hear you guys calling in and, and talking about these issues because these are real concerns that sometimes sort of um, are not on the radar. But I do think we're going to see real issues when it comes to. Um, the problems when it comes to high school sports, travel sports, uh, and hopefully the parents will take this time where they can just sort of reflect and say, okay, is this really all, all worth it in terms of my kids and, and, and going out at all costs and, and taking a risk playing on, on, in showcases or going to travel tournaments? I think we're going to see a tremendous drop-off, and I think we're going to see a situation where the kids will go back to high school, hopefully in the fall, resume playing their sports, and, and you know, they'll basically say, you know, I'd rather stay here in a local environment my high school with my friends who I can talk to and trust as opposed to go on the road to showcase tournaments and, and, and run the risk of who knows what in terms of being affected by the virus. It's as simple as that. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pete Hoffman. Please stick around for Mike Francesa. He is up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 